You're listening to episode 161 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. Today I'm chatting with my friend Charity Reeb about extravagant time with Jesus. Spending time in solitude can be mistaken for when you have kids for selfishness. Like, oh, I don't want to be selfish and take time for myself. In another sense, like it's very selfless to put everything down and to trust God fully. It's a form of dying to self. I think where I would just encourage women, if you're feeling like you're craving a place of solitude in your life or like a sanctuary where you can just have that time, really just extravagant time with God, then, you know, maybe it's time to start praying and being like really open-minded about how to make that happen. Because I'm sure it would be very easy to listen to our dialogue and think, so cool, Charity and Heather, that you were offered this free trip. But, you know, where am I going to find that solitary time with God as a mom? Yeah, so that free trip Charity just referenced, that was our trip to Israel, the one that I've mentioned a couple times. And Charity was the one person I knew on the trip. You remember I interviewed her back on episode 110 about her journal, Good, Bad, Real Life. And so I thought, even though she was in Thailand, and even though she had to do the interview from a balcony while she was eaten alive by mosquitoes, I'd have her on the show and we'd have a chat about Israel. But, you know, this really became bigger than just Israel. And for you, Mom, it may be your permission slip to ask God when and how can I have that time with you. It doesn't have to be a trip to Israel, like we said. We also talk about our favorite places that we visited. We don't get far, though, in that conversation because we end up just mesmerized by Peter and Paul and the sacrifices they made so that we can know the gospel, so that it got over here to America eventually. And how do we reconcile that into our everyday life? We're going to talk about your three people, and that'll make more sense when we get to the end of the conversation when Skype cuts off. So this isn't a very long episode, but I'll add a little bit more at the end, so stick around for that. I also wanted to tell y'all this weekend I checked out with my boys on Jelly Telly a new show called Stevie's Trek and it's a guy and he goes and he travels to Israel and he shows them in the episode Messiah's Promise exactly where I went. It was so awesome to get to point out to the boys, hey guys, I was on those southern steps of the temple. I saw that garden tomb that he's standing in front of. Well, if you want to make the Bible come alive for your kids, you need to check out the Jelly Telly app where they can explore movies and shows where God is real and his word is true, whether they're discovering his great rescue plan and what's in the Bible, singing along with Yancey and friends, oh, I love Yancey, about how much God loves them, learning about the fruit of the spirit with Micah's super vlog, or discovering what it means to follow Jesus with the animated series Allegories. Jelly Telly is the place for your kids to experience fun and engaging entertainment that brings the Bible to life, truly. So go to jellytelly.com and use the coupon code, all caps, GodCenteredMom, just for you GodCenteredMom listeners. You get a 10-page Jesus Coloring book download, and your first week of Jelly Telly is free when you sign up. Go check it out. All right, let's get to my conversation with Charity. Here we go. Hey, lady. Hey, how are you? I'm good. This sounds pretty good so far. I know. How is your jet lag? Man, man. You know, I would I came back and I was so full of joy 
that it carried me through during the day, but at bedtime, whew, like get me in a horizontal <laughs> position reading stories and I to boys and I was out to the point where my son's first grade teacher at carpool line, she was like, yeah, Watts said to pray for you that you would get sleep. <laughs> became a so prayer awesome. request at their school. Everyone's praying. That's so fabulous that he would like have his class pray for you because I think my kids were just like, they were just ready for me to give them their complete and undivided attention. So yeah, they like, they didn't care if I slept or not. Well, you had a much harder deal than I did. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Charity and I went to Israel for 10 days, kidless. We can talk about that in a minute. And then you came back and you had like 48 hours to turn it all around. And you're right now in Thailand on a balcony while your kids are sleeping in their room. Uh, yes. And you're gone for the next three weeks. So, or you have, I guess, two more weeks. Crazy. So you had to get ready for yeah. this big international trip with your family. In two, 48 hours Absolutely. while jet lagged. That's a lot. That's a lot. It is. It is. But you know, like there's certain moments, Heather, in life where God opens doors of opportunity for you to see his creation and to experience it hands-on. And you can't pass that up. And the timing's not always perfect. Um, I think that's something with travel. Like you just... Uh, the timing is never going to be perfect. And there's always, especially with kids, right? There's an excuse not to do it. But um, I'm just like, I'm here in Thailand right now with my kids and I'm watching them interact with another culture with such beauty and intrigue and every excuse that I would have made to not bring them here. Um, I'm finding, you know, um, it's, those excuses still exist, like the reasons, but yeah. um, it's so worth it. It's yeah. just so worth it. I mean, I feel like there's two conversations we could have. One is traveling with your kids and taking them to amazing places, which I know my husband did growing up, and it's transformed who he is. You, it can't not impact you. And then there's a the conversation that we <laughs> – that you know, as moms, do we go off on our own? There were so many times people would say, oh, you're going to Israel? Da, da, da. Right. And eventually they get around with, oh, Bruce isn't going? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, going by yourself oh, with a bunch of yeah. strangers to a foreign country. And I told you, I was like, I hadn't traveled by myself internationally since college when I went to England and studied. Like, it was a, I was a little nervous. I know you, though, had the opposite. You used to travel for your work a lot and gave it up to be home with kids. Yeah. So for the mom yeah, who's I did. like, I mean, yeah, for the mom who's like, oh, I really wish I could, or the mom who's like, I never could do that, what should we say to her? Oh, man, Heather. I, like, I think, first of all, like, it's just easy to succumb to guilt. Um, I, like, and it's funny because I don't really think of American culture as being a shame-based society, but... I actually like would feel ashamed when people would ask me about our trip to Israel and they, you know, obviously like the next question, like you just mentioned is like, where are your kids going to be? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, well, you know, like their dad's going to watch the, <laughs> watch them. Other and parent. I would feel this guilt, like, like that's not okay. But I think that Uh, What I would say is that, you know, like there is moments where we can have sanctuary even as moms. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I just really found my time in Israel to be such like a, 
a sanctuary of just really being able to draw close to the personhood of Christ. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like if there's ever an excuse to break away and find and find just like breathing space in your life, identify a sanctuary, like there's, in my opinion, no better place than Israel to do it. I was uh, just talking to, there's a podcast for dads and they, they interviewed me and we were talking about the concept of how moms are important, but not essential. And I think Israel just reinforced that for me. Like my yeah. kids were fine. They had their dad. They had my mom. They had my little brother at one point. They had my in-laws at another. Again, how many people does right. it take? It's like a joke. How many people does it take Absolutely. to replace a mom? But then there was also this, you know, so I'm not essential. They survive without me. But important, when I got home, one of my sons said, it's like Jesus coming back. <laughs> like, they missed me. And like you said, they wanted to be with you. There's a special relationship and we can't deny oh, that man. moms are important. You talk to enough people, the classic counselor line, right. if you're on a couch, tell me about your mother. Like there's an important relationship there. We can't deny, but essential. That's where we get trapped into the fear and the excuses of not doing things for our own health, for our own like soul filling. I, God knew I needed this trip. Like you said, not always is this timing perfect, but in my case, this was like perfectly timed. You know, even you suggesting that I go in October, thank you, Mm -hmm. Charity, for getting me on this trip. Oh my goodness. If it had been November, I'd had to say no. If I'd been, you know, if the trip had been in January, if the trip had been Mm -hmm. any other time, it was on my 40th birthday, people. Like, come on. It couldn't be more timed and like you said a respite a like a receiving it was a free gift Mm -hmm. it was grace like in the flesh grace i mean they fed us so well physically fed (laughs) us and we got there and as moms will understand this we had our own hotel rooms i mean Uh, i know right that was a surprise for me and it was such a gift it was it it truly was a gift. And I think that it's, it was a gift that I probably wouldn't given myself. Yeah. And I think like how sad Mm. that I don't deem myself or, um, really like, honestly, like the time and space to pursue God solely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, the solitude, you know, like that that we don't, don't take solitude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a spiritual discipline yeah. in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found that like having that hotel room by myself, it was so therapeutic and, you know, for, you know, I might, I know you have small kids and I have, you know, two five-year-olds and a two-year-old. <laughs> and so yeah, like, there's no such thing as solitude in my life on a, like a regular daily basis. And so I was, yeah, I was just so grateful for that and that opportunity to absorb that, that time. And I I think spending time in solitude can be mistaken for when you have kids for selfishness, like, Oh, I don't want to be selfish and take time for myself. Um, but I think that in another sense, like it's very selfless 
to put everything down and to trust God fully. It's, you know, like it's a form of dying to self. Yeah. Um, to say like, okay, like I'm not going to value my role. Like what you said of like a mother being the most essential ingredient to life. Like, no, like God is our most essential ingredient to life. Yeah. Therefore, um, it is like a selfless act for me to, to take this time. I think that, you know, for Jeff and I, it really, it, it did take, and I don't know about you and Bruce, but it took a very intentional dialogue at home though. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's like women that are listening that they're like, wow, I don't even know how I would do that. Like for single moms mm-hmm. or for, mm-hmm. you know, just moms that are, you know, that their husbands maybe work away. Um, and just, you know, simply just are not able to like fill in with the kids. And so I think where I would just encourage women would just be to say like, Hey, like if not, um, if you're feeling like you're craving a place of solitude in your life or like a sanctuary where you can just have that time, really just extravagant time with God, then, you know, maybe it's time to start praying and being like really open-minded about how to make that happen. Let him Um, reveal like a new way for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to look Um, like a trip to Israel with your own hotel room. It could be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Because I'm sure it would be very easy to listen to our dialogue and think like, man, like um, so cool, Charity and Heather, that you were offered this free trip. But, you know, where am I going to find that solitary time with God as a mom? I would suggest my resource uh, when I hit rock bottom in motherhood with three young kids, uh, a friend pointed me to Cat Lee's Inspired to Action, and she has a whole community of Hello Mornings that helps people wake up early to find that that quiet place. But I, she also yeah. like models. She takes solitude like a like a day or a weekend um, that's planned ahead by her husband, and it's like. I think she went to like a tiny house. So this isn't an expensive thing Um, Mm -hmm. just to have a little space. It's just her, no phone, her and God, like it takes intentionality. And like you said, it takes valuing ourselves to make that happen. And it's not a, I think sometimes we got caught up in, well, I need stuff for myself. So I'm going to do another girls weekend or I need stuff for myself and I'm going to go out but we negate the power of time just with God. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know Heather, like I have times where like I'll go in for a massage and I'll think like, Oh, like I, I have to have this. Like I, I have to have it, you know, it's like what I'll be thinking. And I know you and I talked about how like massages never last. Like, <laughs> like, like I struggle to spend the money because I'm like, well, because then it's like gone. <laughs> like the feeling's over. Like an hour later, it's gone, and I struggle. Like yeah. there are still twenty knots in my back, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but, you know, I'll kind of come out of those moments thinking like that wasn't what I really needed. It's not mm, what I really right. was craving in that time, and. I think that's what the time in Israel, it like, it satisfied that because of the extravagant time that we spent studying the word of God, like, you know, just 
reading in our Bibles and, and learning it in context. Yeah. Let's talk um, about it. Let's talk about our favorite spots yeah. because as yeah. we're leading into Good Friday and Easter and just wanting, you know, it's hard to share just on Instagram what you're experiencing and everyone's like, oh, your Instagram is amazing. I want to know more. And I'm like, oh, there's so much we can talk about. But I'd love yeah. to talk with you about the Jesus part and what it was like, right. you know, this classic Jerome quote that is, there's five gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth is the Holy Land and by it, you read the other four. And that was, could not be more right. true. Could not be more true. So Absolutely. What were, we started off in Tiberias, which is on the Sea of Galilee. Um, Tiberias wouldn't have been a place where Jesus was because it was a cemetery and Jews wouldn't have gone where there were uh, where there were dead bodies. But it's also the Sea of Galilee, you've heard of, where Jesus walked on water, where he calmed the sea. There's Capernaum, mm. where he did a lot of miracles, and where Peter's house, they believe, is. And mm-hmm. the, and the Mount um, of Beatitudes, all of that was where we started. Right. Um, and se- oh, I didn't even mention Caesarea. But what were some of your yeah. favorite parts at the beginning of the trip? What'd you love? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I had this moment when we were standing at, I believe it was Caesarea by the sea, right, where... Um, Paul was in prison. When we first got off the plane and they were like, we're going touring right now. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, this crazy situation that I'm in, I started my first trip in Israel and now I'm in Thailand meeting with a group of workers that are working to reach people for Jesus in India amongst unreached people groups. Yeah you know, people who have no access to the gospel. And then, you know, my entire family were going to minister in India after this and just um, work in those areas uh, for a couple of weeks. And I was standing there in Caesarea seeing like the exact spot where they, where Paul was imprisoned and how, you know, Paul was the man who he ushered in like, the ideology that Gentiles that like Jesus is <laughs> for Gentiles. Yeah. Yeah. And he, brought you know, it. he, he brought was it. We're, one, that's yeah. where we got grafted into the story. Right there. Yeah. And kind of, I just kind of had this like overwhelming moment where I was like, wow, I'm grafted in because this man was willing to sacrifice really his life. Because then he went on to Jerusalem. He was, you know, later, later died, sacrificed his life for this, was beaten. We see in scripture how he was beaten and abused so many times. Challenging to me, Heather, to think like, like this man opened the doors for Gentiles. He opened the doors for me. Who will we, Heather, who will we open the doors for? Mm. Who are the Gentiles that this sacrifice that Jesus made that was so worthy of that price, Mm. you know, and, and am I sacrificing my life? Am I pouring it out as an offering the way that, that Paul did, or even honestly, like some of these people that I'm serving this week here that, that are sacrificing their lives in extremely hard areas. Well, in Caesarea wasn't just for Paul and he left. We learned at the end of our trip when we were in Joppa or Jaffa is both names that that's where Peter got the vision of the unclean animals coming down on a sheet and to go to Cornelius, who is a Gentile in Caesarea. 
So yeah. that's also where Peter starts baptizing Cornelius' family. And again, there's a grafting. So that one place where we started was was where our story started. And like you said, it's sometimes we separate. Well, Paul okay. suffered, but I'm not really called to that right now. Like, I'm <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a little I'm not called to suffer. I'm not called to suffer. It's a little safer <laughs> for us. Or maybe I'll post a Bible verse. I mean, that's what mm. I've been doing, right? Like, I just post Bible verse on Instagram, yeah. but like. Like, who are the unclean in my mind, quote unquote? Like, who are the mm-hmm. ones that I shouldn't be interacting with according to yeah. my moral laws that I've set up that actually need the gospel, that are actually yeah. the ones who, just like Paul, took a risk and reached out to right. a group that was, which we, you know, on the flight over to Israel, God sat me next to two Orthodox Jews, and there are mm. 613 commandments that they keep. I mean, it is a big deal to them. And there's a, there's a definite line between us and you, like, you know, there's, you're not keeping it and I am keeping it. And not that there was Mm. hatred, there was love, abundant love. It's just even more shock, even more striking to me, the the crossing of the line that the apostles made to stop, to reach out to those who aren't keeping those 600 mm-hmm. commandments. I don't even know how many they had back right. then, but after being in Israel and being struck by us grafted in, and then now your time in Thailand, right. how are you reconciling all that, you know, in your real life? I mean, obviously you're about to go serve in India, so you're about to sacrifice. Right. And how would the mom, how yeah. is the mom listening? How does she reconcile that? Heather, I think that's such a good question. And like candidly, I think some days I just don't know. Yeah. I really don't. I, I think that so much of my lifestyle in America is built around comfortability. Mm -hmm. And yes, we are going to go and serve in India for a couple of weeks, but even then it's a very, temporal situation. And so I think that I have to ask myself once I get home on a daily basis, and I would love to hear your answer to this question as well. I think it's really hard one. I asked a really hard one for sure. I like (laughs) to you. I want you to figure it out. Yeah. Like, but I have to ask myself when I get home, like, Who's the oddball? Mm-hmm. Who's the outcast mm-hmm. in my society? Not just like like the poor, but like who um, who needs Jesus? And am I willing to to allow myself to be uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, and I think as a mother, I think it's very important that our children observe that process yes. in our life. Yes. Of because, and, and that we talk about that. So, you know, we had an incident today, you know, by the, the pool where, you know, someone, um, was very like uncomfortably like coming up and talking to the kids and like talking to them about Buddhism. Hmm. So here we are and he's asking my kids if they're Buddhist and like trying to explain to them, Buddhism, which is like the reverse, right? Of like right. what we do as he's Christians. proselytizing, like, yeah, the gospel of he's Buddhism. Proselytizing yeah. by 
he's like proselytizing my children yeah. to become Buddhists. Yeah. And then my children are really small. They didn't even really like get it. Like as he's like laughingly talking to them and like very good English. And I had this moment where I was like, wow, like I've got to explain, I have to now that was extremely uncomfortable. And now I have to like talk through all that with them. Yeah. But had I not allowed myself to be in this uncomfortable situation in the first place, which I think is fully from the Lord. Like, I think that, you know, like Jesus sent us out from the communion table to the whole world to spread the word of his sacrifice. And, you know, I, I just, I think that like, I guess the most direct answer to your question is that I think that we have to be more willing to be uncomfortable and as mothers to talk to our children about the uncomfortability that we're experiencing and why. So we had a a big talk when, you know, after that happened about um, Buddhism and why he had, you know, eight Buddha necklaces hanging around his neck and, why he was acting funny, mm. um, you know, cause it, it felt spiritual. Mm. Um, so, and why they felt funny, why that person made them feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and it wasn't just because it was a foreign situation. It was definitely spiritual. You know I mean? Since we've been here, um, the Thai people are so kind and they just, they, they have so much love for children. So they come up to my kids and, you know, kiss them and pat them on the head and love on them. It wasn't like that. And we can't, we can't deny as moms, like if, like I've shared before with Samuel, he only spent probably five years with his mom or Moses only spent about five years with his mom. And both those men went to have big impact and to have the discernment um, that we fill the sponge first. You can't wait and be like, I'm going to wait to have these conversations with my kid about kids, about who Jesus was and what, what the point of the gospel is until I think they understand because like you said, they could sense there's an intuition, there's a spirit in them that they can sense that. And then you also mentioned the follow me. I was, I was again in that first Corinthians, Paul commands him. He says, Mm. be imitators of me and kids naturally imitate and speech and language development. You have to have imitation before you learn language. They're, those cute little two-year-olds that are sweeping it, and it's adorable because they're imitating you. And so yeah. if they never see you in awkward situations, awkward conversations, or engaging with people that are right. outside of the bubble that you've built, like then right. they are not inspired to do the same. And I remember you and I meeting mm-hmm. for coffee, and you say, pick your three people. What three people is God putting on your heart? And immediately got yes. home, checked the mail, looked to my left, and there was a neighbor, uh, there's like four generations <laughs> living in this house. And one of the generations, um, she had a baby around the same time I had Knox. And while she was in high school, um, went to go live with the baby's father and then came back and is now has um, a girl that she is dating and who lives there. And I saw the girl she's dating right there on the porch. And I thought, is that my third? Is that one of my three? Yes. What you said, find your three and ask God to show you your three. And then right. do not do the work. I think God makes it easy, <laughs> like, but at the same time, it might be awkward. It might not be absolutely comfortable. I, and uncomfortable. Yeah, it yeah, might be comfortable. And 
how wonderful for our children to learn for your kids, Heather, to see you like demonstrating Christ's love to them. And, you know, I mean, candidly, I mean, even just treating them as humans, I think like so often I go through my life so quickly that I fail to like look to my right, like mm-hmm. you said, and see the neighbor mm-hmm. and take the opportunity to walk over there and ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and then to ask the second question, no, how are you really doing? Right. Right. Cause you know, nobody really answers honestly the first time. No, they, well, they want to know how much time do you have? I mean, how, are we really getting right. into it? And even in the midst of all of the tragedy we've been through the last few months, like my neighbors know about it. I've stopped and I've shared my hard things. It's not just about like, Oh, I'm going to get to know them and try to be a savior to them. Like invite them into your life, invite them into what's going on in your world and, and share humanity with them. You know, Mm -hmm. I think all of this is so good. And I'm hoping the mom listening is inspired to step out of the uncomfortable and have the awkward conversations because Paul did because Peter did and, and because Jesus did, right? Like, hello. Yeah. That's where Skype cut off. So, uh, I thought we did, you know, we got a decent conversation in there though, before Skype went away. And like I said, my hope is that you did not get more guilt from that conversation, but inspiration, possibly, um, a little, you know, permission slip perhaps to chat with your husband, talk to God, think about what would it look like to spend more time with Jesus? What am I doing instead? What do I want my life to look like? And how am, how am I just reacting and responding instead of intentionally putting in time with Jesus first? Maybe it's, it's a daily thing. Maybe it's once a month you need to be getting away. Maybe it's once a quarter, Maybe it's once a year. Like I said, my friend Kat Lee does a once a year thing. I know our church uh, has an upcoming women's retreat and it's all about soul care and making sure you're getting time with Jesus while you're there. They're setting aside time to meet with him. And what is it for you? Um, A group of girls I know from college, they aren't just, they're getting together uh, this upcoming weekend. I'm going to miss it again, (laughs) sadly. Uh, But I know they spend time, just each of them, sharing what's going on in their life, praying for each other, going beyond just um, just filling our time with things, thinking that will fill our bucket. What will actually meet the needs that your soul is requiring? Because in a season of mothering, you are pouring out constantly. I didn't realize how completely depleted I was until I was gone for those 10 days. And honestly, it was very hard to come back. It's very hard to then be re-entering this life of constant needs and mommy and re-engaging with that, with the uh, truth of the power of it that it is important without the weight of the essentialism. Like I don't have to do everything for them. I get to do. I get to be a part of their lives. I get to celebrate Easter with my family. These are all get tos and to shift my perspective because man, it was it hard to go from the single life, living the free life, all on my own, and then back, back 
at it with uh, taking care of my mom and taking care of the boys and taking care of my husband and all that he's got going on. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what's going on in your family. I know some of you are wanting me to have guests on um, specifically for kids with special needs with ADHD. I'm getting a lot of requests for that. And and I know that there's such a variety of families out there represented by you listeners. I don't think I could have a specific guest uh, that would match each of your stories, but God knows. And he knows exactly what you need to hear right now. And it's not going to come from this podcast. It's not going to come from one of my guests necessarily. He can speak through any one of my guests uh, and through me for your specific needs. But truthfully, I believe through the one Holy Spirit that is present, God will guide you to what you need. But that requires solitude with him, silence to hear, and he will guide you in your specific area that you're struggling with your family. I don't think I'm going to find the exact right guest that's going to do that for you. And I know that's hard to hear because I would love to have the exact right guest say the exact right thing that you need to hear. But I'm honestly, I would rather you go to God than you turn on this podcast. And um, so that's the permission slip now. The sharing the gospel with three people, they're, they're just loving people with with God's love. Um, man, isn't it hard? We get in our little systems and the people we see and the people we interact with and to have eyes to see uh, anyone in our day that might need a little bit of Jesus. You just don't know. Just doing your life with your kids or at your job, who you're engaging with and interacting with and shining a light, it doesn't have to be hard. It's more just allowing God to open our eyes to see and open our eyes to get away from our own self to see what he's doing. And that's why I think these two conversations go well together. The solitude and the silence allows us to connect with what God's doing. And then the the sharing and the availability of showing God's love to those we interact with, it's not coming from a work, um, a, a forced doing. It's coming from an ease of just being available to minister in the ways that he's prompting us, but we're missing the prompts. And um, anyway, Charity's a rock star, awesome gal. Make sure you go check her out at charityreeb.com. That Good Bad Real Life Journal is a spirit-centered tool that you can use during your quiet time if if you're finding time sometime in your day uh, to just really connect with him. Definitely go check it out. I think she even has her own podcast now where she walks you through those journals if you've got kind of stuck on how to make that happen and be a part of your time with God. Um, I am going to have more conversations about Israel. I don't want to burn you all out talking about Israel. Um, I posted a few more Instagram posts over at God Center Mom. All right, y'all, a couple other business things. One, uh, somebody asked me if I would add all of the episodes. They want to listen to every single episode. And so right now on iTunes, every single episode is available. Now, if I start having glitches like I was having before, I might have to trim it back again to the most recent 90 or 100. But right now, all 161 episodes are available, or even more, I guess, because there's a couple of bonus episodes. Anyway, they're available. The other thing, um, some of you had issues downloading the Ellie Holcomb while I was in Israel episode. If you're a subscriber, what you're going to need to do is um, go back and re-download it. Like, go back, 
search for the show God Center Mom, find that episode and download it again because what you downloaded was wrong the first time. So you got to kind of like reboot, get a new version. Uh, I think that's all my business. Y'all are amazing. I have been praying for your hearts that you are just truly connecting with God and seeing the value you have and the important role you have in your children's lives, but that you're relying on him for the essential peace. He's the one that's going to transform hearts from the inside out. Okay. Think you're great. You're great. I think I've said that already. You're amazing. You're great. You're awesome. Actually, I don't know if you're awesome. Maybe you're not so awesome, but I know God loves you. So that's all that matters, right? All right. I'm done. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.